Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. So tell me something else about your life. We went fishing. How did it go? Merck's dad has been in a lot of pain because of his arthritis lately. So Merck's mom came up with, or separately, but for the sole purpose of watching Wayne so that Merck, his dad, and I could go fishing. But on Friday night when we got up, his dad was like, I don't think I can go, like, oh, I'm no. in a lot of pain. He couldn't really, he couldn't even really stand much. So we were like, okay, no problem. But we figured we, Josie was up. So we ended up going and just renting a boat at Westlam and went at the lake. And it was really nice, actually. Just the two of us. So you didn't, no, you no. didn't go fishing? We did. We went, we did a little bit of fishing. We actually, we caught a ton of fish. There were, we got so many fish, but it was, they were all small. Right. Nothing big. The the winner, I think, was only three pounds. Yes. I saw that. So, yeah. What's new with your life? Brittany, I'm such a lazy little asshole. Seriously. I'm like, last year, last week I unplugged completely. I rescheduled a bunch of people. I was like such a lazy ass motherfucker. Except for, like, I did work one day, and then I also made the wedding cake for Natalie Hall's wedding. So I'm so lazy. I canceled some appointments, and then I did all this extra work. <laughs> anyway, that was, was very all-consuming, the wedding cake situation, because I was like, oh, my God. I didn't know what I was doing, and she's very chill. Like, she just didn't, she's like you, she's like, whatever, it's okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Everything's great. I'm very proud I'm sure of myself. It was. it was absolutely beautiful. Um, I'll show you a picture. Yeah, I have not seen a picture yet. I was going to post a video of, like, me decorating it because it was such a saga, like, seriously. Like, <laughs> a huge saga. Was it uh, multiple see. tiers? I guess I'm just two tiers, but you know, okay. they're heavy, heavy, heavy. Like I had the vanilla cake. I love your huge beer stein of diet Coke. I just love it. It's wonderful. Uh, the bottom layer was um, the vanilla brown sugar cake, like a big 12 inch three Ooh. layer cake. Okay. And then I had a three layer chocolate cake, all vegan. With the vegan buttercream. Wow. Okay, let me get in here. Oh my god. That's gorgeous. You're so funny. <laughs> no, it looks so good. Oh my I'm god. I'm gonna text you it to you. you that. I'm gonna text it to you because I'm so proud of myself. Um I wasn't sure how to how like. How did you decorate get that texture? It. Oh, you just have it on the turntable thingy. And you take the spatula and you kind of start at the bottom and then you do like this spiral all the way up. Okay. And then all the way up. That's really good. Yeah. I I don't know. Did you? I texted it to you. Oh my God. 
It was really pretty. It looks so pretty. And the it flowers just, on it are so gorgeous. Well, that was it. Honestly, Brittany, I was like, I can see why people get into this business because it's like, wow. The profit can be good on cakes. Oh, yeah. And people are just not willing to do it. And I mean, if you have a certain level of skill, obviously you have to. I shouldn't say that. Like, I have to admit, like, I do have You have some a lot of skills. Skill. So. <laughs> you have a lot of skill. I this, honestly wasn't this sure. This is skill. I was very proud of myself so because. Nicely. I was so worried about the top cake caving into the second cake. It's like a lot of structure. There's straws. There's cardboard yeah. things. There's all these things. Like, it's like an, I was talking to Luke about how it's like an engineering project. And, uh, it seriously is. Can I show this to Mark? I'm texting it to him. Oh, of course you can. I'm going to probably post a video. It, it took me almost two hours. I took my time like to put it together. It took two hours to decorate it. I cooked the cakes like the night before so they could cool That's down smart. completely. And then I made all the icing the night before. And then I put it all together on Saturday. That's so. Have I ever told you about the time that I made a cake for... My first date-aversary, dating anniversary with Mark. No. <laughs> I really wanted to make a cake. I thought it would be so sweet just to make, like, a little, like, devil's food cake, like, out of a box. I'm not, like, a... We're not talking, like, from scratch. Like, after work, make it. Except I yeah. didn't account for the cool-down time. So I wanted to make a cake that said, thanks for putting up with me on it. Like, you didn't account for what? It. Sorry, I didn't hear you say that. Like the cool down time. <laughs> like the amount of time a cake needs to actually cool down. So I iced this cake. And <laughs> my little I already know. Like, I already know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I already know It tasted happened. great. But it's but all I, melted. It was, oh god. Oh, it was just all <laughs> melted. It was like, thanks for <laughs> I would love I was to like, learn no. how to <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so funny. I love anyway. a bad cake though. Bad cakes are funny. Oh, god. oh my god. Because when I had well, Natalie over for the tasting, it was a disaster. Like, the cakes look like shit. And I was really worried. Okay, also, hang on Wayne just for a second. Okay, yes. Brandy. What about Wayne? What's Wayne is speaking in sentences now. Oh, my God. Like, that's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. I have to come over. I have to come over, and we have to hang, and I have to see the we kid. We definitely have to hang. I gotta, Honestly, I, I feel like I should that. come to you. I haven't come oh to Oh my you god, yet. I would love that. And Greg, oh my god, he would love that so much. He just loves I just saw a the video. The baby whisperer. Oh my god, he is a baby whisperer. But also <laughs> Allie just showed me a video that her mother gave her. It's a video of Greg reading to Luke as a baby on the couch in Slovenian. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god. And there's that another is video so cute. of him and the kids making pizza together in the kitchen. Like Oh my God. It's like, Aww. oh, Allie, I said, if you ever put those together and do a video, your father will cry like a baby if he sees those. Aww. Oh my God. That's so sweet. It's so Honestly, funny. Honestly, I try, I try to like take pictures, take videos like as much as possible, especially with Mark. 
I feel like Mark, just like seeing Mark with Wayne is so, so sweet. I know. It's so nice. Isn't it though? But yeah. That is my brag go. because I, and he, it like just kind of started, like he was speak he was talking a lot, speaking like a couple words here and there, like together, like two word sentences. So what's like, and then, give me a, a sample sentence. Like today I got an, I got a picture from daycare and that was like, Wayne said, I'm building a house. <laughs> He was building these, like, putting these blocks on. I'll send you the picture. He was putting these blocks on top, and apparently he was going, I'm building a house. <laughs> like, Do you have a video of him this? saying it? No, just the, like, the caption that they sent me. But the picture is cute. Oh, my God. I'll, I'll send you the picture. He's so funny. But they, um... Yeah, like, it's not all the time. It's not like he's constantly speaking sentences, but, like, he's speaking a lot more. Um, I'm trying to think what other stuff he says. Like, wow. and it's it's random stuff. Like, yeah. he'll just be like, he'll be like, I'm eating a waffle. <laughs> yum, yum. <laughs> and you're like, okay. It sounds like a... <laughs> Like one of those like a narration. translated thing, yeah, translated from Japanese or something. I'm eating it totally a waffle. Yum yum. <laughs> it's that's hey, literally building what a it house. Coco, good go. Good work. He, we watched a movie yesterday with him. Not the whole thing, but like enough that he would he sat there for a bit. I hope it wasn't like, a horror movie. I know it. how much you love those. No, definitely not. It was in Kanto. Have you seen that movie yet? What is it called? Encanto. Oh, it's a Encanto, Disney movie. No. I know all oh about it. Oh my god, it's amazing. It. It's very good. <laughs> but Wayne was narrating it. He was like, "She opened the door." <laughs> I was like, "Yes, she did." <laughs> Kids are so funny. I was sitting it's on so the couch. Funny. Listen, they don't change because Allie, she's twenty three this year. And we were watching something, and I have to just get used to this, but she talks during shows, a TV show, like movies and stuff. <laughs> and I am a person that hates that. I hate that. Like, I'm trying, I can't, like, I can't talk to you and watch this at the same time. Okay, okay? I'm going to keep that in mind. I'm a talker. Because <laughs> I'm watching it. I'm intently watching something. And then she's like, why is he doing that? That's so stupid. Like, she'll just say things, you know. <laughs> like, I, I don't totally understand do why like why would they do that it sounds so like she just makes comments during the whole thing and it's just so funny because I look at her I'm like and I, I'll do this I'm very mean and bitchy and passive aggressive so I'll, I'll pause it I'll put the pause button I'll look at her and I'll start answering her questions because she's she doesn't understand what's going on <laughs> Mark does that to me I can't <laughs> if you're talking and asking me questions and, or he'll turn up what's happening <laughs> oh my god it. oh my god that's very that's very bad yeah mark and i are the same mark and i are the same 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 oh, no different <laughs> and oh greg will be okay, like i guess yeah we have to talk <laughs> okay uh, let us invite everyone into our up. private conversation. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome everyone to this episode of Squintcast. I am Kelly. I am Brittany. I am building a house. 
I'm going to say that. the way that Wayne says it. I'm going to say it. I like waffles. Yum, yum. Okay. <laughs> so this today. <laughs> this whole episode, we should just talk like a toddler. We should. Hey. No, oh, my God. We, we would never get through this episode. I don't like know how I would long. do that. I don't think I was a very good toddler. Anyway, uh, today we're going to talk about uh, Bones, Season 3, Episode 4, called... The Secret in the Soil. It was directed by Stephen DePaul. All right. Who did, in fact, direct a couple episodes. He's actually... He hasn't directed too many things. He has only directed 31, 31 really? shows. I thought he directed tons. He was the producer for NYPD Blue. That was his big mm. thing. He uh, was the producer for 241 episodes of that. But as far as Bones goes, he actually was only... Where did I have it? He only directed eight episodes. Uh, one in season two, The Truth and the Lie. One in season three, The Secret in the Soil, the one we're, we're going to talk about today. And then he he directed six episodes in season four. He did Truth and the Lie? Yes. Wow. Okay. There are some similarities to this episode, actually. Yeah. And also, uh, who wrote this shit? That's what I want to know. Um, oh, I just exited my note. I have Kareen, Karen Rosenthal being a writer on this one. I'm just looking because there were things about this show. Oh, wow. She's writing on the new show called Will Trent. Have you seen that? No. That is on, I think it's on the Disney Channel. He's like this dyslexic investigator with the Georgian Bureau, Georgia Bureau of Investigation. So it's called the GBI, not the FBI. Anyway, it's kind of a weird show. Mm. But it's I a nice, easy... It. Yeah, it's one of those shows. It's one of those you'll never hear of a shows. So this writer wrote yes. The Girl with the Curl... The Headless Witch in the Woods, The Bodies oh in the Book. God. Oh my God. And she is the executive story editor on almost every episode between season two and 12. Okay. That she tells me a out lot. for season eight for some reason. <laughs> Maybe she had a baby. Who gives a shit? Um, Could this be. tells me a oh, lot. You know what? No, I'll... she, she, never mind. I lied. What? She was the executive story editor. For season two and three. And then she wrote a couple episodes between four and twelve. I stand corrected. Okay. But that tells me a lot. You're saying Girl with the Curl and Headless Witch in the Woods? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. We're going to probably have and to. Now that's going to change my. Well, I know you love that one, but that one was crazy. And... That's why I keep bringing it up. The body's in the book. <laughs> And I think we'll be able to see some things. Yeah, we'll see some there's, similarities. Honestly, there's things in this episode that I find absolutely wild. I was so distracted by the introduction 
of my all-time favorite Bones character. <laughs> that I don't even know what's happening in this episode. Yeah, I was like, just so who, excited that he was there. Who cares, right? <laughs> who cares about anything except this? Honestly, it's sort of like episode one of season two when Cam was introduced. Yes. And the guy was burned up in a train by on in a car by the train tracks. And like We're the like, main so sad, guy. Well, the main guy who was a victim was like in a hospital bed, a complete vegetable, richest man in Washington, and he was wasting away in the hospital room. Not even a hospital room. In like some random emergency room corner with curtains around him. And nobody cared. And the only reason that that episode was any good was because we were introduced to Cam. Yes. And now we love her. But at the time, I did not like her. Cam is killing it again also. Oh, yeah. This character that we're going to talk about today that is Brittany's favorite character. And I'm just going to say, you're not alone. Everybody loves this guy. Oh, yeah. I think I'm going to need to warm up to him a little bit. My jaw just hit the floor. I am. No, don't get me wrong. Is he too young? He is a little young. He's he's <laughs> on the Brennan trajectory of careers here where he's like a Doogie Hauser type where he must. Like, how do you become a doc? Like, he's a doctor, right? Oh, yeah. And we find out later in season three, we're going to talk more about all his credentials. We find out more about like how he got his master's, where he got his, he does his, he did his undergrad at University of Toronto. Yeah, but fact, how old was he? Like five. Like, (laughs) I'm serious. We're going to talk. No, but he's probably like 15. (laughs) It's Regardless, there we have it. At least he'll admit it instead of temperance walking around like it's normal to go to Rwanda (laughs) when you're 17 with your 28-year-old or 30-year-old professor. Anyway. (laughs) Okay, we are going to start talking about this episode. (laughs) Okay, you know what? I'm going to let you start it off because this is your moment to shine. Go. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to shine, but welcome to the show, Dr. Lance Sweets. I am super excited about this. Um, our first introduction to Dr. Sweets, uh, which we will know him, know him as just Sweets from now on, um, is that he's having a session with Booth and Brennan in his office on a Saturday, which is insane. This guy's working on Saturday. And basically, he's try- <laughs> he's been called in because... The FBI sees it as a conflict of interest that Bones and Booth are working together, even though Booth arrested Bones's father, and he's going to have to stand trial, and Booth is going to have to um, testify, testify against her father. So, basically, they're trying to evaluate. He's been put in charge of evaluating whether they still work as a team, effectively. Yes. This is news to them? They seem totally like, really? What? No. I can be totally like, this is so crazy. I could totally be compartmentalized. Like, this is, no. Sorry. They're, they this act is so not childish. Normal. This is no. not normal. And they act so childish. Like, they're making fun of how young this guy is. And they're totally tag teaming him. 
And yep. basically, <laughs> at one point, like if you basically Sweets is a super nice, gentle guy with a sense of humor. The way he's portrayed is very immature, although he obviously is brilliant. Um, so basically, from the get-go, Booth is trying to intimidate him <laughs> by saying all sorts of stuff. Okay, everybody, take a drink every time Brittany says, basically. <laughs> so, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I take a oh, drink God. every time I say something's interesting. <laughs> Oh, no, that's not good for our listeners. <laughs> We're not going to make it through the episode. so drunk. <laughs> so, Sweets is saying, you know what, Booth, you've been trying to intimidate me since since we walked, since you walked in here, and guess what? You succeeded. <laughs> so, go ahead and take these. He wants them to fill out these questionnaires. And then that's going to be a way for him to evaluate whether Brennan needs to be replaced. And funny enough, <laughs> Dr. Brennan's services will not be assigned to another forensic anthropologist. They would be assigned to a different FBI agent instead, which I thought would, was kind of interesting. Uh-huh. So we'd have an FBI agent as a partner as opposed to having a random forensic anthropologist. Anyway, very exciting. Sweets in the show. We love him. All of us, including Kelly. Yes. I have things. I have stuff to say about this. Let me prepare myself. Hold on. Okay. First of all, it's a Saturday appointment because Brennan couldn't see him any other day, right? I lost you. Did you mute your microphone? My damn nose. Yes, I hit it with my nose. <laughs> um, yeah, we find that out in a couple. <laughs> we find that out in a couple uh, scenes when they're in the car. That because Booth is confused, like I'm what, confused. What the hell? Why are we meeting on a Saturday? I'm confused. Why is Booth wearing a suit on a Saturday? I have no idea. He makes a comment and about then- that too. He's like, "Well, then I can get out of this suit as soon as we're done." Like, why why because he was told to go to this appointment and he was at at work so he wore a suit i guess maybe because he was trying to make a good impression for the therapist didn't know that it was going to be some young dude next question after they leave this appointment eventually after booth has this silly pissing contest where he was domineering over lance mr sweets and Sweets is just, like, taking it like a champ, like, just going, okay, man. Like, very, it was very much, like, Booth was a big gorilla, and Sweets was, like, a little monkey. And he was, like, sorry. <laughs> anyway, it was very funny. But then, eventually, they leave. Booth and Brennan leave. Why are they driving together? Excellent question. I had the same question. I don't, I don't know get why it. they're driving together I would think that they on a Saturday night. This is a random Saturday. Like, what were they doing before this? Yeah, I, I don't it's know. It's all like, very again. Where's Brennan's car? 
what's happening? Where is Brennan's? I am also concerned about this thing where it's like, oh, I'll swing by and pick you up. Like, what's going on here with the geography no. of these people where they live? Regardless, in the car, he's complaining about having to do this appointment, like we said earlier. But Brennan was the one who insisted on the Saturday appointment. Then Bruce said he was supposed to go to a baseball game. Bruce's phone rings and boom, there's a body. They found we a body. We have a case. And that is very, very lucky that he happens to be with Brennan and already driving in that direction. Driving in the car. No, <laughs> no, Brittany, because I'll let you take over. But the next scene. Yeah. He's in He's in his casual wear. Question. What? Did, I didn't even notice wearing, that. Okay, let's look. Was he wearing a suit in the car? Let's see. Did he get changed at his office? I'm looking this up. Please. I, I know this is... I'm not going to include any of this, like, no, please looking do. shit up on our phones. But seriously, I'm, I want to know if he's wearing a suit in the car because the next scene, he's at the scene with Brennan and the whole forensics oh. team and stuff. Okay. Right? He's wearing a suit. Also, why is this still here? There. I would just like to resume the episode. Why do we need to have this x-ray thing? Oh my god. There we go. Okay. I figured it out. Good. So yeah, suit, suit, suit. What's he wearing in the car? Buffering. Oh, not wearing a suit. Okay, so he did change at the office. So, which I guess he kind of implied because he was saying, "Oh, I want to get out of this suit." But what is he changing into a suit to go to the appointment and then going back to his office and changing out of a suit into like a stupid? It is stupid. That is silly. Where are we right now? What? Where? Where do they end up? Where? Where are we? Where do we end up? Oh, oh boy! I just dropped my phone. Um, so oh we end up at a crime scene. Yes. We are at an abandoned building surrounded by acres of secluded land where teenagers and hormones run wild, according to Booth. Um, anyway, so this body was found by uh, two horny teenagers on their way to a romantic encounter. And they literally just tripped right over the body. So this body is disgusting. Like, it looks like they conclude that it's not a homeless, it's not an unhoused person. Mm -hmm. They conclude that this is a male, middle-aged, and based on the level of decomp, he looks like he's in there for weeks, but he is super hot, and not, like, in a sexy way, in, like, a, his temperature is not good, like, very, very warm. Yeah. Um. So they think, based on, after they take the temperature, they think that... This body was greased and cooked, which is insane. All the while, they're looking at this maggot, worm, bug-covered body that's super, like, so 127 disgusting. degrees. It's, like, burning up. It's, like, super cooked. All the while this is happening, Booth is talking about how he used to hook up with these girls in high school in secluded <laughs> spots. And I'm just like, read the room, Booth. And Cam says the same thing. She says, she says oh, yeah. you're going to regret. You're going to regret telling this story. Like He's been, totally. that's like his season three 
arc. Like, I don't know. Because I watched way ahead. I actually finished <laughs> season three. And in oh so many God. episodes, and I feel like it starts here. Yeah. We're gonna notice like you're gonna we're gonna notice it as we talk about the other episodes, but in so many episodes, he's like, Oh, I took this girl behind the bleachers. I banged this girl at the golf course. I did this. I did that. I'm like, Does like, anyone need to know this? No one needs to know this. Read the no. room. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> it's brutal. Exactly. So Yeah. Yes. So basically then- based on we end up back at the lab with Zach and Oh no. Bum, 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 bum. Then we have our intro. I know. Jim, is, Brittany, Brittany likes to jump the gun all the time with the intro. It's I hilarious. do. I'm always jumping ahead. And then I'm like, oh, oops. This intro is oh, actually. Right. Yes. Mark, every time he sees it, Mark thinks that it's been changed slightly. <laughs> Greg I says think it, it too. Is, it's so funny. It's the same, I think. But it, I don't know. What, I guess because they look different. I don't know. Let it's me see. A, Have they spruced it up? I don't think so. No. I always skip it though. Yeah, there's that. Anyway, we're uh while we're looking up the new intro for season three, we're back at the lab. Back at the lab. What do we have here? We have Hodgins. Hodgins! Zach and Brennan. Looking over the Hodgins remains. is looking great in this episode, by the way, in my opinion. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Carry on, Kelly. He didn't do anything <laughs> too of offensive just one thing one thing was gross regardless uh what are we doing we're looking at the remains Hodgins brings up the cannibal case they're working on the cannibal serial killer because the body was hooked because it might be related to that but that only is mentioned briefly maybe just as a bookmark for us to remember there's a serial killer on the loose that cooks and eats people Yes. So Hodgins and Zach start talking about this guy in Germany. Did you read about this guy who put an ad on Craigslist and he wanted somebody to eat him or he wanted to eat somebody or something like that? And they had some kind of transaction and there was uh, uh, law enforcement got involved, blah, blah, blah. Did you hear about this? Gross. No. Oh, my God. You didn't hear about this Craigslist ad in Germany? No. He was looking for someone to eat. Something like that. Let me look here. You keep going. What happens? Well, basically, Hodgins ends up talking to a bug. He calls this bug an exotic princess. It's weird. And um, (laughs) anyway, so basically, they conclude that this person was cooked. And Cam is desperate to get at the body. Brennan and Hodgins and Zach are currently examining, examining it. But Cam needs to do her business. So basically, we got to figure out where this guy was killed, how he was killed, because there's no bullet wound or anything like that. Yeah. 
And so, oh no, there is a there is a bullet hole in the sternum, but they have to figure out if that is actually how he died. And basically, we know virtually nothing at this point. So, question: Did you mention how Hodgins got very excited about this little bug that he found in I the did. remains? <laughs> he calls it his exotic princess. Yeah, he starts flirting with the the bug. Like talking to it all kind of dirty and Cam walks in and she thinks that Hodges is talking to her. And then yeah. Cam Cam like just moves on and she looks at the body and she goes, she says the body melted like ice cream on a hot summer day. Anyway, I just think Cam is so funny in this episode. I just thought she was she really, nailed really it. funny. Oh yeah, and she then was nailing it. it was, something about the body being cooked and somebody said that's very odd and she goes something about oh that's it I just finds these really weird bugs that are all dead inside the clothes or something near their feet these yeah. really weird bugs that he he they're very strange he says it's very odd and she's like uh the body was cooked i don't think odd is like the word <laughs> we're operating with here anyway no. i just thought it was so She's, funny. It was like one after another, just like nice quips. She also, was. She was before on fire. we move on, I'll tell you yes. uh, about this German dude. Please do. Here's a story. Um, 42-year-old computer expert. Uh, in the most extraordinary trials in German criminal history, the self-confessed cannibal admitted that he had met a 43-year-old Berlin engineer after advertising on the internet and had chopped him up and eaten him. It was something he said he had wanted to do for a long time. He always had this fantasy of doing it. And what he said hell? that it was the victim's desire to be eaten. That was his defense. What the hell? Obviously, did he plead insanity? Oh, Germany. It's so colorful. <laughs> what What a wonderful place. <laughs> Okay. Now we I'm lost all our German this. listeners. <laughs> no, come back. Oh, there we go. Okay. Okay, what? I have the episode the in front of me. Okay, okay, okay. What happens? I have it in front of me. Okay. So. Yes. Brennan. Brennan is in her office. And Booth walks in. And basically wants to know what all of Brennan's answers were for this quiz that Sweets had given them mm -hmm. but she does not no she does not play along she doesn't believe in cheating so that did not work out Angela comes in and it looks like there was an ID of this victim Franklin Curtis age 54 his wife had reported him missing the day before he was a super wealthy guy who was the founder of a an organic supermarket chain called Natural Sun And that's basically what we know about this person. Yes. And we just so, have this huge discussion about organic food and da, da da da. It's the most boring discussion I've ever. This is why I was like, who wrote this? <laughs> They're just sitting around talking about organic carrots. And Booth is like very anti organic because he thinks it's too expensive. And anyway, I was over this whole conversation. <laughs> I thought it was brutal. 
And they're talking about it like it, organic vegetables are a new thing. Like it's like a brand new discovery. I wonder if it was so, like, because I feel like organic, like the concept of organic food did become more popular at one point. So maybe that, maybe this was kind of like the turning point where it became like the Honey, thing to I have was ordering, food. I was ordering Mama Earth Organics to my house every week in what year was it? It was like 2000. No, it was 1999, 2000. I think. Yeah. Maybe even before so maybe, that. Maybe you were just ahead of your time. Oh my God. Anyway, I'm going to talk about this. Hodgins walks in and tells everybody that the victim's pants were covered in a pesticide called chloropicrin. And I looked up what yeah. chloropicrin was. Did you? I did not. Okay, listen to this. Is it good? Harmful <laughs> to humans. Not. Harmful to humans. First thing it says in the Wikipedia. It can be absorbed systemically through inhalation, ingestion, and the skin. At high concentrations, it is severely irritating to lungs, eyes, and skin. And it was used in World War I. The German forces used concentrated chloropicrin against Allied forces as a tear gas. It's not as lethal as other chemical weapons, but it induces like vomiting. And it forced Allied soldiers to remove their masks to vomit, exposing them to more toxic gases used as weapons during the war. So, chloropicrin is nasty. Not F. good. Totally. Wow. Jeez. Okay, well, I appreciate that you actually looked it up. Oh, I was, I like, was this just... This doesn't sound good. No, any any kind of shit like this scares the shit out of me. It's disgusting. Okay. Okay. So, if this dude is an organic farmer... Yes. I would not expect his clothes to have this chloroptin picrin on it. Yes. However, it was all over him. So how did it get there? <laughs> was this guy a nice guy? Let's find out. Let's, Let's find go out. visit his family. Let's go visit. So, yes. Booth and Brennan go and meet his family. They yeah. meet his wife, Mar Margie Curtis, and his daughter, Cat. Uh, and basically, she only reported him missing because that the day before, because he wasn't home when she got back from a yoga retreat with her daughter, mm -hmm. and he didn't answer his phone. They couldn't find him, so she got worried. She's painting this picture that this guy is the most wonderful man, loved organic farming, such a great person, and then the daughter is like, "Ah, yo, mom, why are we lying?" Let's be honest. Dad was constantly basically forcing people off their land and getting lawyers involved to make it happen. Right. So it is clear that he would have some enemies, namely these farmers that he basically expropriated land from. But you're missing the most it's important just, I part. It. Am I? Yes. I feel like... I feel like this dynamic was so interesting. Okay. No. Really? What am I missing? Tell me what I'm missing. Wait. Yeah. We're going to go back to this dynamic you're talking about. You mean between the mother and daughter? Yeah. The mother is a terrible character. Hater. <laughs> but she's played by none other than our friend Denise Crosby. A.K.A. Yes. Pasha Yar. From Star Trek Next that Generation. Is, 
I'm like, what are you talking about? I covered everything that happened in the scene. <laughs> yeah, that is the most important part. <laughs> Who cares about the fucking blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he this guy turns out he was an asshole because he was going around like forcing people to sell him their land so he could take it from them and do like do his thing, right? And he did it in a really, awful. really uh, surreptitious way where he'd like guilt them into it or convince them somehow, just cut them a check, whatever. So at this point, um, Ruth and Brennan ask for, well, Ruth asked for names of farmers who didn't sell to him, like who may have a chip on their shoulder or something, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I suspect there probably are quite a few. Uh -huh. Also, Tasha Yar was not even in that much, like was not even on the show very much. Yeah, she was. But such a great character. Not really. Well, okay. Tasha Yar dot like the character spoiler alert, she dies. Yeah. But she comes back. But then she does come back. As a Romulan. Yeah. Yeah. She is a Romulan. Spoiler later. alert. Spoiler alert on Next Generation yeah, from the 1990s. True. She comes back as a Romulan. <laughs> if you haven't seen it now and you are worried about spoilers, that's are we nerdy enough? Okay. <laughs> so let's get through this. What what happens next? Yes. Um. So they go and talk to a farmer named Andrew Harding, and we find find out that he has in fact got quite a beef with um the victim, and basically he ended up kicking him off his land. Take a drink. He was trying. He oh, basically, basically. Now I'm going to be more conscious of saying it. Jeez. Well, we'll see if I am. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it probably. But this is a this is a farm that his family has owned for over 150 years. And, basi and basically, no, oh my gosh. And the victim, who was not so nice, came and tried to buy it from him exactly exactly the way that they described in this last scene tried to force him off his land buy his land and he ended up spraying a bunch of insecticide all over him so that's, that's how it got on his clothing and he may have accidentally done it totally by accident this is so funny when he finally fesses up that he sprayed him with all that stuff it just made me laugh that he was mad and he sprayed him with a bunch of like toxic oh, yeah. pesticides He's like, well, yeah, but accidentally, to totally by accident. I really like this character. I do too. Although his hat is way too new. I love, like yeah, it's not dirty like, enough. Even though he's a hardworking no. farmer. did Was he wearing gloves when he was doing his work when they showed up? Tell me that right now. I'm looking right now. No. Okay. No. no. Oh, he was holding them in his hand, though. Okay. So he had gloves. See, this is one of my pet, gloves. pet peeves, number 738. I've talked about this before. People who are depicted on TV shows and movies digging holes, especially digging holes with shovels and not wearing gloves, is one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah. Because you never well, dig a hole without a pair of gloves on. No, otherwise you get everything underneath your nails and it's gross. It's not about okay. that. It's about protecting your hands, Brittany, because it's hard work. Your nails. Your nails. Oh, important. my God. <laughs> so we have a Booth and Brennan car scene up next. 
And basically, this is just a filler for Booth and Brennan to have an opportunity to disagree on something. Yep. And they're just disagreeing about the use of pesticides, which they were already talking about before. And Brennan takes it to the extreme to say that apparently researchers at the University of Florida proved that alligators who swam in pesticides um, have smaller genitalia than those who swam in clean water instead. So basically, she's saying, Booth, you're going to get a small penis. Take a drink. From eating all these pesticide-covered fruits and veggies. So funny. That's literally the whole scene. That's how she stops him <laughs> in his tracks by telling him that pesticides makes your makes your dick smaller. It's so funny. Cracks me up. <laughs> anyway, what do we got? Back at the lab. We have... Back at the lab. Cam and Angela are looking at a picture of the victim's skin. And it has a weird indentation on it. Angela suggests that the indentation is that of a button from a shirt that isn't the victim's. And Cam then concludes that there is a second victim. And I wrote in my notes, who directed this shit? Because honestly, these are very weird scenes. There are weird ways to get around things for, you know, it's like Cam asks for Angela's help in identifying this indentation. And Angela's very like, the way she says, oh, given the indentation and the cross hatching, I believe it is a button. Like It's like not even the way Angela talks. Like, it's very strange to me. No. Yeah, the writing is weird for sure. And also, there's so many intricate details to this. But, like, they're necessary so we find out certain things. Like, now we know there's a second victim. Sure. And we have another scene very shortly where Booth and Brennan again are in the car. Yes. And they get a call from Cam. They're on their way to the tobacco farm. This is what I mean. Um, where they're going to do a search because so, they think that's where the murder site is. Right. So we have the scene where they're at the farmer's place. Pesticides done. Then we have Cam and Angela in the lab. Oh, there's a button. There's a second victim. Then we see Booth and Brennan bickering again in the car about how basically Booth is not an environmentalist, and he's going off about how he doesn't care about his his carbon footprint. And then Brennan realizes that tobacco needs to be cured, needs heat in order to be cured. So they think that possibly the farmer's property is where the victim was killed. While they're turning around, going back, they get a call from Cam from the lab. It's very, I don't know how to say this. Like these things are all happening at the same time almost. Like this car ride is the same car ride. Yes. Yes. And there's a lot of scenes in the car in this. It's interesting, right? Yes, there are. And it tells me a lot because they never used to show us them driving to different locations. So now they're in the car together so much. And it's slow. It's slow because it's like they give us every little detail. Everything's laid out for the viewer, right? Lab give the call to exactly. Brennan. Brennan's getting the call. Then she tells Bruce the information. So it's like, we already know this. Like, why are we seeing this being told three times? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's true. We already knew that there's a second victim, but now we're telling, we're seeing Cam tell them that there's a second victim. And then Brennan telling Booth. Yeah. yeah. True. It's a lot of filler, baby. Well, a lot of filler. We get to meet Lizbeth, not Elizabeth, Lizbeth, <laughs> just to clarify. Um, 
anyway, so we're at, we're at the tobacco farm now, and we're meeting Lizbeth at the Harding home, and she is super 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 friendly, like extra friendly. Also, this is a very famous actress. Yeah, this is the wife of of the farmer that we just met. Previously. Yep. Um, and she's offering lemonade. She's offering this. She's offering that. She's trying to be very hospitable. And the farmer Harding is like, "Can you stop? This is not an op- This is like it's not a garden. Party. <laughs> this is an intrusion. So stop." Anyway, we find out that he gets very jealous, which is an important thing because we find out that Mr. Curtis was a big flirt who had always been making passes at her. So this is something that's very interesting. We get the impression that the victim may have had eyes for other women, which maybe the wife may not have been too happy about if she knew, but it was kind of implied that that it was kind of behind her back. She probably didn't know. Anyway, this is basically just a nice way for us to find out that the victim was a flirt and for Booth and Brennan to get offered lemonade. There's not actually much that goes on in this scene. Watched this with Allie and I honestly thought the lemonade was going to be a plot point. I honestly thought because I later thought she was going to in it. <laughs> you thought what? Sorry. I thought she was going to poison it or something. I thought so too, because she brought it up so much. So much talk of lemonade. And I thought like at one point we'll see later on, everybody and their dog is walking around with a glass of fucking lemonade on the property. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, That's oh, they're, true. they're all going to die. <laughs> anyway, this woman is played <laughs> by Beth Grant. She's a very well-known character actress. She's been around for a long time. I'm telling you, this cast was stacked. stacked. Oh, yeah, it was, actually. I agree. Honestly, the cast is great. The writing was okay. The storyline was okay. We're going to talk all about it. But we'll talk about I it. I did enjoy this episode, though. We'll talk about it. I did enjoy it. Okay. So now we, we go up- back at the lab. Back at the lab. Back at the lab. Let me just talk about this because there's something I want to say. Hodgins yes. and Zach are in the bone boiling room and they're going over the bones. They're talking and they're talking about being environmentally aware. Zach's talking about having a tiny house. Hodgins is complaining about how, you know, I do all these little things to save the environment. It doesn't seem to matter. And I just want to remind everybody. And I want to remind you, Brittany, in this moment that Hodgins is a billionaire. And I don't like this whole talk of Hodgins being environmentally friendly. I just find it, I guess people don't, people forget that he's a billionaire all the time. I think, like, he didn't include in here that he makes donations to support environmental causes or anything. He just says that he uses the right light bulbs and put solar panels on his house. Doesn't Those say his how things. his family contributes millions and millions of dollars to shit. Nope. No. It's like a dirty secret. So... Nobody talks about it. And then, 
Hodgins all of a sudden deems himself king of the lab. Because we will evaluate that. He found out what the bug was that was on the body that he was in love with. Um, this bug that he was flirting with earlier and talking dirty to is a specific type of bug that's found that usually infests pineapple plants, which is very, very strange. Another very odd, very small detail. Again, we to are... add another odd, small detail. He's like sitting in front of his screen, like caressing a T-Rex model, like this little T-Rex toy. I didn't see that. I've never seen him play with this before. Here, let me show you. I just saw it. <laughs> Tell me what. Uh... Are you going to turn it around? Yeah, I'm going to turn it around. I just need it to go back to come on there. Okay. Do you see what he's holding? Yes, I do. Where the hell did that come from? I have no idea. I need to ask him. Like, he's like caressing it. There has to be a reason for it, though. Like, I can imagine in the like commentary of the DVD. Like, he's looking at this, and okay, he's like Zach's looking at the bone. Then he puts he his puts thing, it down. He puts and it's it like, it oh down. my god, <laughs> king of the lab. And says he's king of the lab. Anyway. There has to be a significance. You know what? It's probably like PJ Tyne's like nephew's toy or something. Or like it's something. Maybe. You know what I mean? It had to be shown on the show. Yeah. That he was like doing it. Well. What happens? But back at the farm, they are not getting very far. Because they're no, thinking that. The next Booth scene. He's telling them. The next scene they go yeah. to the pineapple farmer. What do you mean? No, not yet. We go back to the... No, not yet. We go back to the... There's a couple scenes before we get there. Really? We go back to... No! Look! We go back to the farm. Oh my god, I completely skipped all that. And they're drinking. I thought I wrote a bunch of shit about so that woman because that, F- that FBI girl was there. I, I've seen her before. Lemonade. Everybody's eat drinking lemonade at the tobacco farm. <laughs> There's really not much that happens. Basically, Lizbeth offers more lemonade. And this FBI agent just tells them that there, in fact, is no second body. Um, which is interesting and not helpful. So... That it does not appear that this was the crime scene, basically, even though they were so convinced, which is a good thing for Elizabeth and uh, and her husband. But we also have one more scene, and then we're going to go to the pineapple farmer, I promise. But one more scene with uh, Brennan Booth and Angela, where Angela and Brennan are talking to Booth on the phone. And basically, they're explaining this concept again, like you said before. It's another example where we already know something. Hodgins has already told us that it that this victim was around pineapple plants at the time of his death. But now they're sharing this fact with Booth. So this leads them to determine that they need to go to a farmer in Virginia who was trying to grow tropical crops in a hothouse because he would be growing pineapples. So this is a place that the victim may have been. And now, let's go to Lyndon Page's house. Tell me about that, Kelly. 
you go to interview this pineapple farmer. He's this weird environmentally organic dude who's trying to grow tropical plants in these sort of not tropical areas. So he's in Virginia. He's trying to grow pineapples. Fine. We're going to go interview them. This scene starts out with him making them, Booth and Brennan, a pineapple smoothie <laughs> by using a bicycle to power the blender. And I wrote in my notes. It is so awesome. Ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's and so amazing. <laughs> after seeing this episode three times, I felt like this scene was so stupid. I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I don't know why it's here. It's so it's supposed to be I like loved it. Comical and like ha ha ha. And I was just like, what's going on with this episode? Because it's like <laughs> the tone of this episode is so weird. Like it's so confusing. It's so strange. So anyway, Booth and Brennan go to check out the pineapple greenhouse. He doesn't seem to give a crap. He's going to bring them their smoothies once he's done pedaling his bicycle. Poisoning them. And then they start walking through the <laughs> the greenhouse or whatever, looking at pineapple plants. And there's little tiny pots. And Brennan's like, there's no way there's anybody buried in here. And then Booth thinks, he starts talking about sweets. He starts talking about how the psychiatrist, is he psychiatrist or psychologist? Do we know? Psychologist. Okay, so he's Booth starts talking about how sweets was probably bullied as a kid, and he's getting back at Booth for, the, it's a projection of this, you know, revenge that he's trying to get back at Booth by making him move therapy. <laughs> so stupid like <laughs> booth went to therapy with gordon gordon all that time he got so much out of it you would think that he would show up and be like yeah let's do this and figure this shit out yeah like come on man you know what it is though gordon gordon was a lot older than him yeah and this guy and he just doesn't respect sweets because he's so young but i understand that it's because... like going to see a doctor and they're like oh my god you're gonna do what to my vagina yeah that's crazy. Anyway. <laughs> and they're like 25. You're like, how uh, how long ago did you graduate? Exactly. <laughs> so they end up being stopped in their tracks by a fart smell and they blame each other for farting. And it's such a strange, like, that's what <laughs> I mean. They get the smell. They both accuse each other of farting. I was just like, what is he who smelt it, dealt it yeah. for Brennan? I used to know this guy in where I worked at the wine agency and we sold this big bottles of wine called Delta Bay. That was like this really cheap uh, Californian Merlot. It was called Delta okay. Bay. It was called Delta Bay. And he used to go, whoever smelt it, Bay. And it was just like, it was one of my favorite things he used to sing. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, they smell this fart smell. The guy comes in with the smoothies. They drink the smoothies. Even though they're standing there smelling fart smells, I just don't know how they're doing that. I they don't know how they're doing that either. Apparently are enjoying the pineapple smoothie. I will tell you from experience, a pineapple smoothie is phenomenal. And you oh, yeah. can't go wrong. Like it when no. you in Costa Delicious. Rica, in Costa Rica, you have pineapple and ice, and it's like the best thing. It's like amazing. Anyway, so then he tells them that the smell is from this local compost pile or facility where they compost all this stuff that all these local organic farmers use to bring their comp bring their refuse and also retrieve compost for their farms. So then Booth and Brennan figure out after talking to him that the compost pile is this where we find out that it gets really hot? Yes. Yes. In the next scene, 
Hodgins and Brennan and Booth are chatting and well Hodgins is on the they're on the phone with Hodgins consulting with an expert to find out if it would get hot enough to cook a body and right. he's saying actually yeah that would be perfect because it would expect if this guy does put his compost in this pile then that would explain how the bug got there yes and inside a large compost heap it could get as high as 170 degrees so yes definitely hot enough to cook a body also they're driving probably again probably is where they're driving again <laughs> honestly i kind of appreciate that they're driving because this they were in virginia which would have been a pretty far drive Mm -hmm. so i appreciate that they're not driving and then suddenly at the lab exactly driving yeah like it is nice to see that they're out in the field Mm -hmm. but okay hodgins is very excited we got to go to the compost yard we're gonna meet some people most of them did not like that guy. <laughs> Most of them did not like this victim at all. Frank so, Curtis, I think is his name, yeah? Frank Curtis. Honestly, I keep forgetting his name. That's why I call him that guy and the victim. Because he's irrelevant. Go on. Yes. <laughs> so they have five people, five staff working there, and there's 43 people 43 farmers who have keys to the gate for the compost because it's kind of like a community compost place. The smell is apparently horrendous. Mark is currently working at Ashbridge's Bay sewage plant. Yes. And he said that that smell is awful. So I can only imagine how bad this smell must be. So basically we meet a couple guys. There's this guy, Lee, another guy, Charlie, Another guy, Gavin. Anyway, long story short, some of them have switched to biodiesel. That's important. That's why I'm bringing it up. Otherwise, it seems otherwise irrelevant. And Charlie is this young guy who dated uh, Mr. Curtis's daughter all through high school. And so basically, Charlie says, oh, he was such a great man. He was so wonderful. And Clay is like, are you fucking kidding me, man? (laughs) The guy who switched to biodiesel was like, okay, no, he was horrible. He was just wanting to make a lot of money. He didn't actually care about the environment. Let's screw this guy. Yes. I just, I am on, uh, what's his face's side? Is Gavin, is that his name? This is Clay. Clay. Sorry, Clay's going off because he's like, yeah, right. This guy's just a money grubbing millionaire dude. He has a huge mansion, it's 4,000 square feet. You think that guy cared about the environment? And I agree. These environmentalists that live in these massive houses that have huge amounts of energy consumption, like it's crazy to me that they like, oh, you know, I'm going to recycle my little blah, blah, blah. I have a client like this. I'm just going to say right now. She's one of those people (laughs) who will not put on the air conditioning even though I am working doing physical labor in her house it's like I have to like sneak the air conditioning on um I have to like remind her to put it on because like I'm going to be doing work in your house like can you please like put on the AC you know in the middle of summer yeah um sometimes they don't yeah you don't flush. Really sweating and passing out yeah sometimes they don't flush the toilet and I'm like okay that's nice so that's disgusting. I agree. Anyway, I'm not going to go on because that's a separate Patreon episode that only people who will pay money will be able to hear all my horror stories. <laughs> Thank you. I will pay money. I want to hear. 
Oh my god. Okay, sorry, go on. I Okay, well, anyway, so basically we have one very disgruntled guy and we have one guy who's kissing the victim's ass even though he's still even though he's not alive. Um just because he dated his daughter through high school. Yeah. So basically, let's say basically a couple more times. Take a drink. And call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do so, we have here? Unfortunately, they're they're saying that they there's Brendan is telling them we got to close down your facility because we got to search your compost because we think that there's a second victim. And Booth is like, okay, man, I'll get a warrant if you really need it, but like, can we just cooperate? And yeah, this guy's not cooperating. This guy Lee is like, okay, I love, I love yeah, him. Get a and come back. I love him. Yeah, I wouldn't either. He's I'm like, fuck you. No. Like, who knows what's there? Like, have you anyway. seen this? Like a garbage dump, basically. Basically, it literally is. It's basically, it basically, is a garbage. Basically a garbage bu- garbage dump. I'm gonna have to untrain myself. Jesus like I don't Christ. I didn't even realize that I said this word. I've had to train myself how to do Wait. things too. It's only because you know what it is, Brittany. I listen to this podcast. I listen to our podcast. And I have a thing that I do all the time and I had to train myself not to do it anymore. And there's things like the word interesting I use constantly. I use fascinating a lot. I like that word. Um, you use basically a lot and there's certain ticks like you'll, there's like, uh, mouth noises and things like that, that happen. Um, yeah. And, um, those kinds of things. Really? Yeah. Like I listen and I have, I have to cut them out, you know? So. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I don't cut it out as much as I used to. I used to be really anal about it. Can you hear that? No, I'm more of the mouth noise person. You're not. You're the basically girl. I'm the interesting girl. So there you go. Basically. And I don't mean that, you know, I don't mean that like you're basic. No. (laughs) I mean. I'm basic. I'm a basic bitch. (laughs) Anyway, back to the show. No. And back to the show after that uh, small (laughs) intermission. Because we're going to talk about Let's talk about sweets, baby. <laughs> okay, so sweets is back in his office with Booth and Brennan, and Booth and Brennan are basically gaining up on him. And <laughs> yeah, um, he mentions that he uh, Booth mentions to sweets that Brennan said that his penis is going to shrink because he doesn't eat organic food. And um, Sweets is like, okay, what the hell? Maybe we're going to get somewhere because you're actually like being honest with me. We're entering the truth zone, he calls it. And then that basically shuts them down. Basically shuts them down completely. (laughs) (laughs) And they basically just make fun of him and joke about joke joke around him they're so mean they're so mean bad they're so mean so mean booth is being an asshole gotta go bye well booth's such a dick booth's being such a dick and at one point sweets is inviting them to like sort of visualize and close their eyes and like breathe and all this and both him and booth and brenner looking at each other like mean girls like hey hey like snickering in the corner because Sweets is god. getting into it. I was just like, oh my god. They're so rude. Yeah, Sweets is actually trying to do their job. He's trying to help he, them. They're like, uh. 
This weirdo. Jerks. <laughs> anyway, Booth gets a call that the warrant is issued so that they can search the compost pile. And then what happens? Well, we are back at the lab with Zach and Cam. And uh, Cam had just gotten off the phone with Hodgins, who is knee deep in compost and very excited about it. What is this? Is this a cat toy? <laughs> what is this that you're playing with? Sorry, I'm getting very distracted. Kelly is using a picker on a metal stick. She looks room. Like I don't know toy. what it is. <laughs> we will put this on our Instagram page. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll have I to. I think. Okay, so they're trying to figure out what the cause of death is. Yes. Well, Hodgins is sifting through compost. And so based on the injuries, it looks like there was some sort of struggle. And as a result, he has some bruising and fractures on his arms, which is, and legs. So they thought initially that there was a bullet hole in his sternum, but it's actually a congenital abnormality, which we've experienced this before. I'm almost certain that we've seen this before. 100% in other episodes so this is something that is supposed to be very rare but I swear we've seen it before and so they don't actually know what the cause of death is necessarily but they do think that he was stabbed so Zach is working on what exactly stabbed him but they do think that he died as a result of being stabbed right by multiple puncture wounds something yes We'll find out more. We're going to figure it out. Zach never fails us. He always comes up with an answer. All right, Brittany, get, simmer down with your Zach thing. I love Zach, too. Anyway, <laughs> uh, back. Uh, so now we have uh, Hodgins is at the compost heap with Brennan. Yes. And they're walking around. They're digging around. They're doing the thing. Hodgins is very happy. So happy to be here. He loves garbage. He loves dirt. He's so excited. Anyway, they're having a chat. And then all of a sudden, just out of the clear blue sky, Wajin <laughs> steps on something crunchy. He says, oh, what's that? That's weird. Whatever. I stepped on something. They dig. They find. What do they find? They find Adipasir. Adipocere. Adipocere. I wrote it in all caps. <laughs> and highlighted it. Me too. I'm like, we've seen this word before. <laughs> so here we are. They found a body of a female in their 20s in the compost heap. Amazing that they found it so fast. Honestly, this compost heap is huge. We've had other episodes where they've said that it's not even worth it to search these compost piles or garbage piles because they will never find the body because it's they're too big so i thought it was kind of interesting is that that's but what the way the this body the government is treating the garbage heap with that where they think that there are three indigenous female victims right where they're protesting yeah. the same idea that's a real life real life story yeah and so yeah, and they're like, okay, no, we're never gonna find the bodies. There's no, there's no point in trying to search for them. Mm. 
which is sad and ridiculous. Incredible. Anyway, maybe they would come across the body just in the same way that, Listen, that Hodgins found it so quickly. They have thermomagnetic imaging or whatever machines. Why can't they yeah, use that? Yeah, I think they could use that. Hmm. True. Okay. So, this body has got to come back to the lab. Now, we have two two bodies, two bodies in, the lab. In, the two lab. Bodies in the lab. Two bodies in the lab. Angela has been trying to do a sketch, which is not leading to any results at all. Hodgins, um, she makes a comment that she feels so bad for this girl. And Hodgins is like, oh, you're such an angel. Let me make out with you in the middle of the lab. Over a dead body. Over a dead body. And Cam's like, I don't know. Don't even fucking think about it. She was just like, if you even. Oh, yeah. She was, she's over it. She's over it. Oh, yeah. She's like, I'm going to dump a bucket of cold water on you. Please stop. <laughs> so there's a couple things that we do learn that it, that are somewhat helpful. It seems that this woman died a day before the other victim, Frank. Yeah. So that's an important detail. Yeah. And so initially they thought maybe that this was a case where there were two people cheating that were caught cheating, but then it's odd that they would be killed a day apart, so they're not feeling that theory as much anymore. Mm. Um, they're also still trying to figure out what caused this person's death. Mm-hmm. Is there some fracturing and some breaks, but nothing that are consistent with with something that would have killed her? But they do notice that someone gave her CPR, so someone tried to save her, which is actually quite sad. Mm-hmm. I think I got all the details. Yes, you did. Like all That's the details from that scene. Perfect. So because I figured that this woman and Frank were somehow connected, Ruth goes back to Frank Curtis's wife and grills her about her hus- how her husband was a philanderer. And then Denise Crosby slash Tasha Yar slash Frank Curtis's wife Tells Booth that she knew that he was a cheater, but loved him anyway. Booth is super judgy in this situation. And I cannot believe, like, as an FBI agent, that he hasn't seen this before. A. B. The mother says that she also stayed, didn't say anything to, or she didn't want to upset her daughter or something by making it known that her father was a ladies' man, basically. And then just then, the daughter walks in with this dude, Charlie, who we met earlier at the compost heap. He's like one of the employees of the compost area. And he's carrying this bouquet of flowers for the mother. And uh, he used to date Kat, the daughter. And he's coming in to like extend his condolences. And Kat pipes up and says, while Booth is there, that she knew all about her father being a philanderer. I felt this scene a philanderer incredibly <laughs> weird. I thought it was a strange scene. Yeah. So strange. The chemistry, the dynamics. It was a weird scene. The timing was weird. It was very weird how the everybody fact that this walked Charlie in. guy was there. And then the yeah. way he walked in and the way the mother reacted. This mother character is dreadful. She's dreadful. And I just yeah. like I, I love Denise Crosby, but regardless, we find out in the next scene. I'll let you take it from Dirt there. Itself is not- hmm? Sorry, you froze up. What'd you say? We Oh, no. We had some cutting out. 
We cut out, I think, for okay. a second there. Regardless, we find out. I was out- just saying, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I was just saying that the character is great, but or the the actress is great, but the character is not so great for the mother. Right, I agree. So regardless, I'll let you take it after I say that Booth meets up with Brennan in her office next after talking to the wife and tells Brennan that Frank Curtis, the victim, the first victim, had a secret apartment. Yeah, that doesn't sound so good. (laughs) So they go straight to the apartment and they go and they basically they search this apartment and they find these sunglasses that the where the frames are made of bamboo, which is very interesting. I think I've seen these kinds of yeah, but like who cares? Glasses before this is not new. Sorry. Well, yeah, it it's an important detail, but it's for later. I just want to say why they're focusing on it, but yes, yes, the, the the glasses become significant later. But the way they shoehorned it into the script, like. Oh, look at these interesting so glasses. They're fucking sunglasses in somebody's house. Like nobody would notice that. Nobody. No, they're just regular sunglasses. They're just sunglasses. Man. They do find they do find dried blood on the coffee table. They think that this was where one of the victims was killed, specifically Emma Billings, who we find out is the name of the second victim. So there is a woman living there for sure. There's a photo of the two of them together, Emma Billings and Curtis, up on the fridge. Um, so it, the way that the scene kind of ends almost implies that this is like another family that he has, like a like another like a mistress that he has on the side. Right, a mistress. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, it's this episode goes from weird to weirder <laughs> like <laughs> i liked it though i did like it so we'll just we'll just carry on so where yes. are we now we are back at the lab back in at the, the lab we're back at the lab in the bone room with brennan and zach and brennan picks up the skull and she figures she has the coffee table there from the apartment to see like so she figures that the person fell and hit their head on the coffee table based on the injury and the blah, blah, blah. Pam walks in and says that Emma Billings was a cashier somewhere and was apparently hiding from this dude that used to stalk her at her work. And this guy is named Noah Lifton, and he is played by none other than a gentleman by the name of Scoot McNary. I was shocked to see Scoot. Scoot is the king of character acting right now. I think that he is probably like the most employed character actor of our time. Like he is so well used. Like people hire him left, right, and center. He does so much work, Brittany. It's not even funny. He's been in 93 93 I, I things think according to IMDb. I've probably seen everything he's been in because every time I'm like scoot scoot I get very excited <laughs> because he's so good he's so good at everything like he just disappears like he plays this character Noah Lifton we'll talk about it later but I was just absolutely excited to see I love scoot. this character <laughs> I love Scoot McNary Scoot McNary is not afraid of anything he's so good that's what makes him a good character he- actor he mainly acts in movies. 
He does he so much work, Brittany. He's not been Brittany. in that much TV. TV. So interesting. He's he, although he wasn't Holt in Catchfire, but still. Yes. So I guess so Brendan I, deems her death. Brendan deems Emma's death accidental. And then Brennan gets a call from Booth, who has found Noah and Lifton, who's staying in a hotel across the street from Emma's place. Another very long way to get to this place, I found. Like, the Cam walks in and tells Brennan about the character. Brennan gets a call from Booth. Like, I just feel like it's so... They're stretching. They're stretching. Well, also... It is very obvious what the murder weapon is. Honey, it is so obvious what the murder weapon is. We're not there yet. The murder weapon. No, no, but we'll be there a little bit because Zach says, like, mentions that he's still trying to figure out what the what the murder weapon was because he sees these puncture wounds. They're very close together. It's odd because the wounds are very deep, but the but first they interrogate Noah. No, and that yeah, and then now now we interrogate, yeah, now we interrogate Noel, Noah, Noah, Noel. I don't know Noah. I think it's Noah, but it might know. be Noel. You're right. So he was staying in a hotel, a motel directly across the street from where Emma was killed. So that does not look good on him at all. This guy comes in and he is high as a kite, in my opinion. I love this character. He's hilarious. And so he's like, uh, yeah, no, uh, I was just keeping an eye on her. Just uh, making sure, yeah, my, my, uh, I know she has a restraining order against me, but I measured and uh, my, where I was staying was uh, over 150 feet from where she uh, was staying. So everything's fine. But he did not like uh, Frank Curtis at all. He thought that he treated Emma like he owned her and it was messed up and like he was getting distracted by the patterns on the table <laughs> he can barely keep focused for more than a minute yes so I'm sorry this guy is no this guy is hilarious well he's very funny and he basically we learned that he's very young and he's very weird and that he doesn't have an alibi for either murder, either of these situations, and he's he, he's very worried about it. You can see in his face, he's like, oh, fuck, I'm totally screwed, like, at the end of it, right? Yeah. The only time he ever leaves his uh, motel is to go sell his products, which are hemp oil-based body products that he makes himself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I love this. I just love this character. He's supposed to, I know, maybe I shouldn't, because, like, who he who they're trying to portray that he is in this scene is like this stalker who was obsessed with the victim and maybe that's not a good person to like a character of but he i don't know i found him so funny well it's like <laughs> how much we love oliver laurier he's so funny true <laughs> do we just like stalkers <laughs> no I, it's because they pick people <laughs> like chris connor and scoop mcnary to play that that's why true okay so we're back at the lab back with at the Hodgins. lab back at the lab <laughs> and so we basically every time i say basically now i'm really noticing <laughs> you got it girl you got it so they're 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 looking 
uh, he was looking at some samples on clothes and various friends' examples from around the apartment. Hodgins, uh, yes. he appeared to have found. Yeah, yeah Hodgins was. <laughs> he appeared to find some some oils, some vegetable oil, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think okay. Brittany, this is this does not matter to me. Yes, this is so dumb because at the it is important. No, but at the end of the interview with Scoot or Noel, sorry, uh, we find out that he sells hemp oil products. Then Hodgins walks in and says, "Oh, I found some traces of oil." And then Brennan goes, "Oh, hey, that guy, he sells hemp oil products. Passed it for that." And I was just like, "That, come on, man! Like these are." It's similar to the the murder weapon. Small details, like the murder weapon situation, or the button on the skin. I just felt like, come on, you like it just feels very small, stretched, minute details. Yes. Okay. So yeah, you're right. You know what? We don't care about the oil. That's fine. But Cam does enter and tells us some a couple things. Zach and Cam tell us a couple things. Yes. The most important thing that we figure out yes is that emma billings and frank curtis share a congenital abnormality which means that even though they thought that they were lovers mm-hmm. emma was the daughter of john kurt john curtis frank, frank that's not frank, his name frank frank frank, frank, frank curtis frank. Mm-hmm. so this is wild the person who murdered these people mm-hmm. clearly thought that they were lovers. That's their thinking that they yes. thought these two victims are related. And we're going to find out that someone murdered them because they thought they were lovers. When in fact, this was a father daughter situation. Although he had to bone some other random lady to have this. Daughter, we never find that anymore. out. We just know that Frank and no. Emma are father daughter, which is absolutely crazy. Then the next thing we have this whole drawn out bullshit scene about the murder weapon because Zach is at his wits end and he can't figure out what the <laughs> hell it is. And then basically, basically, so basically, the mystery of the murder weapon is solved when Brennan encourages Zach to manipulate the images of the victim's wounds and like sort of change the structure of the victim's like bone structure, like their shoulder width and everything. And then you have this, it reveals a stabbing pattern with like three or four holes that are equidistant apart. Now they took about five minutes to talk about this fucking holes <laughs> and i'm sorry but how long did it take you to figure out what the murder weapon was i figured it out like 10 minutes ago when zach was initially talking about it <laughs> it was so obvious oh we're my talking god about biofuel we're talking about like they're literally all these guys are holding pitchforks they're all holding pitchforks <laughs> they're all holding pitchforks <laughs> So the murder weapon, surprise, surprise, spoiler alert, is a pitchfork. And the oil that was found around the apartment was oil from biodiesel fuel. Remember we talked about that? Yes, I do. It was brought up. It was foreshadowed already. (laughs) But the lemonade did not come back. I just want you to know the lemonade. There was nothing (laughs) about the lemonade and it made me angry. Okay. (laughs) Nothing nefarious. Just regular lemonade, just delicious sugary lemonade. I want 
need to be poisoned. Lizbeth was so nice. <laughs> I thought for sure. I was like, this lady it's is like, she's killing everybody right now. <laughs> and all these agents are like, hmm, yes, like, absolutely. Corin in the fucking lemonade. Like, but they're at a murder scene oh my and they're God. accepting they're accepting lemonade from the wife of a person who may she may have murdered them anyway we'll find out okay so basically they're going to manipulate they've decided they they, they have an idea who, who is they killed these people yes who is they oh you know the the royal they who's in uh, brennan booth and angela <laughs> and Angela's tagging along in their car. They're driving again. Yes, exactly. They want to get, they want to get the hippie, aka Noel, or Noel, to help to help them figure out who the um suspect is, because he's there all the time, looking out the window. Angela has to come with them because basically they're gonna basically they're gonna have this guy give a description of who the suspect is and she's gonna draw this suspect. That's the that's their big hop in. This is weird. No? Ugh. Here. Okay, they're in the car. Angela's in the back seat. Brennan and Booth and Booth and Brennan are bickering, bickering, bickering in the fucking car again. As always. And then Angela says the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. And it, this is what made me question, like, who wrote this? Because Angela says, you guys, does this happen all the time between you? And I was like, doesn't she know this by now? Like, she's seen them do this yeah. for years at this point. And then she goes, Angela, seriously, she's got to simmer down. Because then she says, it's kind of hot. Like how it's hot oh that they bicker all the time. And and they're both like, what the fuck? I know they both shut up immediately, which maybe that was Angela's tactic. I don't know, but it worked. Oh, could be. Could be. Well, she is creepy to them. And then our stalker is creepy to her. So basically they're wondering if they they're, Asking very specific details. Take about a drink. A truck parked outside yeah. Emma's apartment. How many times have I said basically a like hundred times? I will count. By now? I will tell you how many. Uh, this is a disaster. I feel like now that I know that I do it, I'm doing it more. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so what happens? Noel's not very helpful at first, right? But then he not, warms up to Angela. Yes. Exactly. Warms up and. Noel's like, you know, I like artists. <laughs> I love him. And then Angela so much. tells him that she's gonna crush him like a bug if he uh <laughs> unless he just starts helping her out. So this is a young dude. He's maybe 26, about average height, kind of buff, Caucasian oh brown hair, wearing sunglasses. This guy said initially that he had no idea what this guy looked like. And then he gives like a humongous description. Yes. Oh, and by the way, he's wearing bamboo sunglasses. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's going to need some medical marijuana now for his anxiety attacks. So, uh, good McNary stole this whole thing. Like he is so good. He has two scenes in this episode. He's so funny. Anyway, 
I just want to mention that bamboo sunglasses have been around since the third century. The Chinese used to make them in the old days. Oh, okay. Well, they were particularly important because uh, Charlie likes to uh, wear them. And uh, yeah, I uh, remember Charlie, the uh, Barely. boyfriend, <laughs> the daughter's boyfriend from high These school. These characters, there's so many the person, characters, Brittany. Can I just say there's, there's a lot of characters. So Honestly, I keep thinking the guy's name is John Curtis, not Frank Curtis. It is. It is Anyways, not. So the victim's it? name <laughs> it is Frank Curtis. I keep thinking his name is John. It's so Frank. Charlie is unfortunately so sad the murderer and he <laughs> he fesses up to it right away immediately and like literally almost immediately and it seems yeah okay listen let me just say it for quickly <laughs> yes you you just do it all right so, it's so convoluted after they talk to noel Ruth and Brennan go to the composting facility and they start looking at this array of pitchforks, obviously. So Brennan's spraying all of them for blood uh, remnants. So she finds one that's covered in blood. She hands it to one of the forensic people, says this is the murder weapon. Charlie's there. We find out that Frank gave Charlie a pair of wooden framed glasses. Ruth grabs Charlie and starts to arrest him for both murders. Brennan then gets a call. Turns out... Uh, it was Cat Curtis, Frank's daughter, yeah. that killed Emma Billings. Cat apparently pushed her, and she fell and bumped her head on the table. Cat then called Char called Charlie for a he starts spilling the beans, right? So Charlie, right there, starts spilling oh, yeah. the beans. Called she called Charlie for help to get rid of Emma's body for her. Then Frank confronted Charlie the next day at the compost place about why Charlie was at his secret apartment. Because I guess he found out he saw Charlie go into the apartment or something. And then Frank Curtis, the original victim, was being really aggressive with Charlie. And he was like, you know, threatening him. And then Charlie had a pitchfork in his hand and stabbed Frank with it. And he died. And then Charlie dumped Frank's body, like, I guess it was in the compost pile, but then he decided to dig it back up and dump it somewhere so it would be found. So the mother would yeah. get all the insurance money. This is a fantastic summary. This is fantastic. Is it? Yes. Then. I love it. Listen to this. This is worse. As the story unfolds and all the stuff, like, you realize at the end, Pat is in an interrogation room with Booth and Brennan, I think. I think it's both of them. She yeah. finds out at the end of this freaking episode that she just killed her sister. And she is, like, beyond shocked. Well, like, she horrified. thought it was her father's lover. Yeah. I, she just wanted her mom to be happy, and she was. she thought that she was protecting her mom, basically. By going and like and this Frank guy, she didn't mean to kill this girl. She just meant to go and confront, confront her, basically. her. Yeah, this yeah. Frank guy, her dad, is an asshole. Cause he wasn't going to leave anything to the wife. He was just going to leave her high and dry and leave all his money to charities and shit. And yeah. he had no plans. Like, who does that? Yeah, who does that? That's awful. 
It's horrible. Awful. Anyway, this whole thing, all, it doesn't matter because what happens next is the whole key to this episode. It's the whole reason for the season. It's the reason we're here. It's why we're even doing this show in the first place, probably, because Brittany would not have gotten gone this far <laughs> without the opportunity to have been introduced to this particular character. So what happens? What's the next scene after we wrap up? Because the we ride? love him. Yeah. <laughs> well, we end our episode like where we started it, sitting down with Dr. Sweets, who we love because he's great. And it's very interesting the dynamic that Booth and Brennan, they start to kind of show their true colors a little bit around Sweets. And then Sweets kind of pokes at that and he says, oh, like, are you always this protective of Booth, Brennan? Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, yeah, our lives depend on it. We're partners. Like, hopefully one day you can understand what real partnership is. Like, Booth and Brennan kind of tag team, like, gain, gain up on this guy. And so... Sweets compliments them, compliments them, mm -hmm. and says that they complement each other. And we have this cute little dynamic where Booth thinks that she complimented him on her questionnaire. Yeah. But it's that's not at all what, what was meant, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, Sweets thinks, yes, they have a lot of work to do together, but Booth and Brennan can stay working together as a team. Because he thinks that he thinks that it's absolutely reasonable they can continue to work together. That's fantastic. But they have to keep going to see him for regular sessions to keep working on their very deep emotional attachment that he has figured out that they have between them. And it's very interesting is we get this fi like final little scene. Sorry, I'm going on, but we get this final little like little conversation that they have saying that if there weren't any murders then they probably wouldn't even see each other that's what boo says mm -hmm. and brennan's like oh yeah 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 that's true but then boo's like wait no well we might have coffee and brennan's like no we probably wouldn't see each other we probably wouldn't do that so Booth brings this up, but then he gets so offended because Brennan is going, oh, yeah, no, you know what? Yeah, you're right. We probably wouldn't see each other. But at the end of the day, they conclude that they would. They would still see each other. And everything's fine. And they move on. And the relationship is wonderful. Booth isn't offended. He's not offended. No. He's hurt. It, he's, he's surprised. So yes. Hurt. By her saying, because he says it's a language, it's a, it's a semantic thing. Because he says, if there were no more murders, we probably wouldn't see each other. And then she's saying, yeah, you're right. We wouldn't even, like, know each other. And he's like, what do you mean? She's like, well, if there's no murders. He's like, no, no more murders. Like, wouldn't we have coffee together or something? Like, it's, it's a very key scene. Like, how hurt he is by her saying that they would never like wouldn't have known each other like it's so sad it's actually kind of sad like it is sad but they're both i feel like they both they both have this like wall up almost like they're both trying to protect themselves brennan from is getting hurt is completely she's obtuse oblivious <laughs> she has no 
Yeah. She's so pragmatic and like scientific about everything. And he's so emotional about everything. It's just, it's in, it's, I just thought that was that just the last like two minutes of that episode was the the whole thing. Worth it for the whole thing. Yeah, at the end of the day. So that's the end of the episode. They agree that they would have coffee together. But that's it, she says. That's it. That's just coffee. The, that's the, the extent of their relationship. Yes. Just coffee. I don't know. I'm very curious where this is going to go with sweets. I am very interested. I I want to know more about him. Because Booth made a couple of comments about... What does he know? He's so young. He's barely, you know, he's yeah. probably had nothing bad happen to him, like that kind of stuff. And I have this feeling that Sweets probably has had some trauma. Nobody goes into psychiatry or psychology without experiencing something along those lines or having some kind of idea. Yeah. And I feel like maybe he's had, he, he does have something in his past that is probably pretty bad. I'm guessing. Don't tell me. No spoilers. Um, and that he's no spoilers that he's done things and been through some things in his life that has been difficult. But Booth is very so dismissive of him. But I liked how Sweets kind of is slowly because he's not being okay. Sweets is not meeting Booth at the pissing contest level. He's not meeting him there. What he's doing no. is he's slowly breaking them down, and I like this because he's doing this thing where he says. Well, Dr. Brennan, after she insults his questionnaire and everything, he says, well, after I read your this stupid, shitty questionnaire, this is what I've determined, yeah. basically, that you basically that you complement each other and you <laughs> have a deep seated emotional attachment to each other, like based on what he read in their, his, their questionnaires. So congrats yeah. and kudos to booth and brendan for being honest in their questionnaires because not everybody's honest yeah. and true i'm looking forward to this development like their this this dynamic this relationship i'm curious to know i what happens when like he sees them individually i'm assuming he's going to see them individually as well i can't remember we'll find out but it his role goes a lot further than just this. I'm sure. This like role. He'll be brought into Which all kinds really of situations. Yeah. Yeah. So there's his character is great. Mm -hmm. I'm also, I keep forgetting that this is all your first. This is your first time. This is my first time. Episodes, so. I've never seen it. Yeah. I was going to watch the next episode, but then I thought, no, I, I get because I get episodes mixed up and then I'm editing the last episode and then I'm doing. Uh, social media for it like i get kind of a little bit mixed up so i don't want to do that because yeah, yeah. it gets like oh was scoot Makes in this sense. one or the last one or was it the horses and the sex and no it's yeah. not that it's the compost so the last one was the horses and this one's the compost pile so here we go what'd you think there's all sorts of weird episodes also we yeah. haven't gone back to our ser serial killer at all there was a small mention of oh maybe this is related to our serial killer and then it wasn't so yeah where it's we'll happening with the cannibal first question before Not i ask sure. you i'm i'm assuming you like the episode because of the whole sweets situation i love this episode because of sweets 
honestly, everything else I could have done without. It was entertaining though, like for entertainment value, I was entertained absolutely. Yeah. Um interesting episode. There and maybe it's because I've seen this episode before, mm-hmm. but the first time around that I watched it a few times, but the first time around that I watched it this time, mm-hmm. um, which was the first time since I had watched it like a decade ago, I knew who the murderer was. Like I, I knew right away. It, I don't know if it was because it was so obvious or if it was just because I remembered, but I didn't, I think that they tried to give us too many details and it made it too obvious i did not i'm sorry but i know you didn't ask me but here's what i think i've told you throughout the whole episode during our talking that i did not appreciate the slow stretching of every little thing i feel like there was so much filler so much more so so much more potential with this like if they could have laid off on all the characters and maybe focused on like anyway it's fine. I love Scoop McNary. I love Denise Crosby. I love Beth Grant. All these people, like, it's so good to see, like, star power when it comes to these guest stars. And I love how it throws you for a loop because usually in, like, a law and order situation, right, the star shows up and you they're the killer, right? Like, they're always the bad guy. Yeah, you're like, oh, there we go. <laughs> and I like how these other people, these very good character actors are being brought in to just fill the the story i just really like that a lot and of course like i've already talked about the sweets situation i'm looking forward to this whole relationship developing but my most important question Brittany, who is your king of the lab (laughs) well i didn't even get to ask you if you liked the episode but okay king of the lab i just told you yeah well did you conclude that you, what's your overall? You're I know, like the, the case it? was meh. Like, I thought the case was stupid. A lot of the pineapple guy with the bicycle. And I thought, like, it was a lot of, like, the tobacco farmer. That was a whole other red herring that they threw. Like, all that True. time they spent digging up that guy's tobacco farm. Insane to me. It's insane to me. Like, I just thought yeah. that poor guy. And a then misguided. Um, uh, the scoot thing was so useless in a way. I guess he gave the description of the yeah. guy, but I mean, he and was, it was funny, but his <laughs> scenes were phenomenal. Denise Crosby's character was terrible. I, the writing, I'm not our TV writer, so I appreciate his hard work and everything, but still, I was just thought it wasn't very strong. It wasn't strong. True. Okay. Okay. So you're meh about it. Okay. Who's your king of the lab? I have to say Hodgins. Wow. Wow. I'm sorry. Why? He's my king of lab. Well, first of all, that bug situation was freaking cool. He likes to wait around and compost. And because he likes to wait around and compost, he was able to find the body and find out important details about the body. Plus, he kept it in his pants. And I appreciated that. Barely. He was less creepy this episode. <laughs> the what is What are we calling that? Because I want to hear your king of the lab. Okay, no, you're King of the Lab first, and then we got to talk about the opposite of King of the Lab, because I have one of those, too. Okay, so here we go. I don't think that just because Hodgins wasn't a perv the whole episode, that he deserves to be king. <laughs> Why should he be king just because yes. he wasn't a perv? Like, come on, he's just acting he normal. He did his job. I just threw that in there. All right. <laughs> 
Okay, my king of the lab, similar to my last king of the lab, has nothing to do with the lab. <laughs> it is the tobacco farmer, Andrew Harding, who sprayed chloropicrin all over the victim because he was mad at him. Fair. The guy was a dick. I love he that he... It. We confirmed that he had gloves while he was working, which is very good. I appreciated how hardworking he was. I think my second nomination for King of the Lab would be the guy who thought Frank Curtis was an asshole and didn't like that he was a rich guy who had a huge house and he was a shitty environmentalist. Also kind yes. of like second runner-up King of the Lab. I need to change mine. Oh, okay. I didn't realize we could choose someone outside the lab. I forgot. Yes, my king of the lab, the last one, was the kid who didn't want to follow Jimmy around because he was pissing all the time. Remember? Oh, I remember. And I saw the social media post and everything, but for some reason I forgot. So obviously my king of the lab is Sweets because he was able to up with Booth and stand his ground and be the best character ever. And I love him. I'm shocked that Sweets wasn't your first choice. Like, you love him so much. <laughs> I do. It's going to be great. We're going to talk. I've been texting Kelly about this, like, all week. I had strep throat last week and was like, I'm watching the episodes. Her Sweets baby. It's uh, so great. Yeah, that's why you're still so tired. <laughs> what? Who's your lab rat? My lab rat. Love it. My lab rat is Zach. That guy <laughs> is distracted. He wasn't able to figure out that the victim that the victim was stabbed by a pitchfork. He just is not on his game. When he has pitchfork Honestly. experience. Yes. <laughs> Ruth and the lie, anyone? He... Anyone? <laughs> also the he same literally same writer or director? Same writer. <laughs> same writer. And director. Obsessed with pitchforks as people. Obsessed with pitchforks, can't figure out that this one's a pitchfork. Like the guy is totally distracted, like huh. completely distracted. Um, yes. I also shoot. I made a note of it. Where is it? I made a note that there's some foreshadowing in this episode. This okay, lab who's rat? your lab rat? I got to think about this one second. I have so many to choose from. Oh, um, no shade, but uh, Tasha Yar, the character Denise Crosby played, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Uh, uh, Curtis. Yeah. I did not like her. I mean, okay, the daughter, not so great either. Obviously, killed, yeah, killed somebody, Terribly, all that. Also, not great, but I thought the wife was awful, like, awful. Yeah. And should have really Her divorced favorite. him and gotten half his money. She would have been better off. Yeah. You but know? She just kept putting up with her. Him instead. Is it worth it, I wonder? I don't know where I wrote it's it. It's hard to, like, stay. I would think it would be hard to stay with somebody. Yeah, I think I would think so, too, if you didn't even like them. Well, no, if they cheated like, on you all the time and stuff, and you're like, what the hell am I doing here? Like... I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. Know. It's hard to say. It's really hard to say. 
Okay. I think it's I could I would rather live in a cardboard box by myself. Yeah. Truly. And be miserable like that. 100%. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> I think that's it for us on that note. I want to thank everyone for listening. Please rate and review and subscribe. Go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Go to Spotify. Please rate. Make it five stars or bucks. Please send us an email. <laughs> Why not? Squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to drop us a line. You want to talk to us, say nice things. Don't bother sending me nasty notes about how you don't like how many times we say basically. I don't need to hear that. <laughs> But I want to thank because all. It's basically rude. <laughs> basically, it's interesting that you're so rude. Anyway, um, yeah. So on that note, I just want to say again, thank you for listening, everybody. I love that we have so many new listeners all over the world. It's fantastic. And we really, really appreciate it. And I want to thank you, Brittany, for sticking it out, even though you were literally napping seconds before we got on. <laughs> Thank you for, uh, thank you, Kelly, for taking care of all of our social media and all of our editing <laughs> and for putting up with my basic, basic bitchness. <laughs> oh my God, I would never. Uh, all right. <laughs> thank you for listening to this week's episode of Squintcast. Squintcast. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at thecrystalmethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. Cover art was done by Irena Dolance Stajan. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany is at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time. Hodgins!